Ladies and gentlemen, we are live on YouTube right now. That's right. This is a live broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. This is first ever. This is Room 303 History. So welcome in, one all, some all, not all, maybe all. I'm your host, Rebecca Lomendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Morahan. And as always, we have with us EPE. This is Podcast Room 303, Episode 134. How are you doing this evening, Nick? Uh, I mean, Carolina will Carolina. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I have 21 things to count with on my body, right? 10 fingers, 10 toes, plus one. Your nose. My nose. And I think I've run out of times to count that Carolina has taken the lead in epic fashion in the last two minutes just to blow it in the remaining last minute. So how am I doing? I have business as usual, I guess. It's football season. It's football season. Couldn't say any better. NFL week one's in the books. How are you doing this evening, Eric? Doing good. Got to see my birds uh, skate by on a win. Uh, but I do have uh, – I want to switch it up a little bit here. I'm going to start with the communion with E. I got a question for you guys. So – it's a trivia question followed by I want to get your guys' take on who we think is going to be the pair to break that. So um, right now in the league, we have Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Tua, so on and so on, Devontae Adams. There's a bunch of uh, college teammates, quarterback, receiver in the league now. Can you guys guess what the most touchdowns from a college duo is in the NFL? In a whole career, not one season. Just a whole career between the college quarterback and a college wide receiver who also played in the NFL together. So they so they had to play together in college. Yes. I'm just gonna shoot from the hip. I'm gonna go with 173 touchdowns together. You're to, are you doing college and NFL together? No, I'm doing just NFL. Just NFL, you think there's a duo that has 173 touchdowns together? Sure, why not, bro? But are we, supposed to, are we supposed to guess the number, or are we supposed to guess the... No, no, just guess the number of how much you think they threw t- that they connected together in the NFL. And then <laughs> the follow-up question will be, out of the ones that are together now currently in the league, who one, we all, most of them are going to break it. Who's going to be the number one when it's all said and done? I say like 45. 45? Jermaine, you said 100 and something? <laughs> 173. I'm sticking with it, bro. All right. The answer is 26. Damn, Man, that's 20, not at all. It was 25 Tobin, my first guess. Tobin wrote and Billy Houghton in the 40s and 50s, right? Doesn't matter. But now that we're talking about it, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Waddle, Tua, Devontae. Who's that shitty quarterback for the Raiders? Oh, Derek Carr. And then I think that's it right now. Out of those, who finishes with the most for a tandem, college and NFL? Well, what are the rankings right now? Go pull those up. Uh, so Jabar, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith. I'm going to go with the quarterback who I think is the best on this list. And if I remember Craig, I'm going to go Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase because I think they're, he's the best quarterback. And 
Like, is Tua long for the NFL? Is Jalen Hurts long for the NFL? I mean, we just saw what Derek Carr did. Well, neither of them are white, so probably not. <laughs> you know the rules. You can't be – you can't – you got to be white to play QB. Well, not, not that you have to be white to play QB, but aside from, you know, Russell Wilson, Warren Moon, Dante Culpepper – how long did Steve McNair play? Name me a name me a black quarterback that's played for over ten years. Michael Vick. Oh, Mike Vick's a good one. McNabb. Randall Cunningham. Warren Moon. I already McNair. said Warren Moon. Oh, you said he said uh, McNair. I already said McNair. Russell yeah. Wilson. This is, this is Russell Wilson's tenth year. There we go. Now name, me a, a good... now name me a white quarterback who hasn't played ten years. Yeah, and you know what? There's, there's yeah, there's Chase, a black Chase Daniel is still in the league. There's a black backup quarterback that we're not thinking about who's just hopped from team to team. Is collected Josh Johnson, dude. <laughs> what Joshua Dobbs is up there now? That's like six. Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, Teddy, Teddy, yeah. How long? How long has Teddy Bridgewater Gino been? Smith? Oh, Geno Smith has been ten years as well. Teddy Bridgewater. Has, has nine years of experience. Yeah, we're getting there, bro. We got a lot. Cam Newton, no, he played, what, nine years? Yeah, he, I don't think he ever got ten, unfortunately. He burned, he, he burned too bright. That's what it was, bro. <laughs> he flew too close to the sun. He burned too bright. Oh, did, hey, Eric, you said Dante Culpepper, right? Yeah. Uh, Geno Smith was drafted in 2003. Or 2013, sorry. Oh, Dude. I was like, what? I was about to say, <laughs> What? He's been in the league as long as Tom Brady. They haven't found another backup. <laughs> yeah, he's played. Uh, oh, Russell Wilson getting dusted, bro. Yeah, he's played uh, eight years because he missed 2019. Eight years. Interesting. And Josh Johnson has been playing since 2009. Let's go. Just collecting those checks, bro. His career earnings got to be twenty million. Like, so real like, quick, the rankings right now is Burrow, Chase, Devontae, Jalen, Jalen and Tua, and then our boys in uh Las Vegas barely started their season this year. So yeah, I'm taking who already has the lead, who will most likely have the longer tenure. Uh, just because there's question marks about Tua and Jalen. They can answer it this year, and then we'll have to revisit it. But I'm going Joe Burrow right now. How many just because, years just is Lamar you... been in the league? Lamar Jackson? Yeah. Uh, five, maybe. Is he on this list? I think this is his fifth year because he was a late first-round pick. So this was the year he's a free agent afterwards. I think this is his fifth year. Five years, yeah. We'll get to Ted. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Lamar will. Patrick Mahomes will. Patrick Mahomes could get to 20, man. Patrick Mahomes? Lamar Jackson, maybe he gets like 16 and then calls it because he's beat up from from, from running past more to get hit. <laughs> yeah, maybe. All right, so, yeah, to answer your question, Eric, Joe Burrow. I'll go. I'll, I'll say I'll say Derek Carr and Devontae, just to, just to change. Derek Carr and Devontae? How much longer do you think Derek Carr has in this league? How old is he, like 27? 
I think he's 32 or something like that. I think that. he's got to be in his 30s for sure. Oh, he's 31. He's been in the league like nine years, hasn't he? Yeah. Has he, has he really? Yeah. Just a lot of forgettable seasons, minus that one random MVP season he had. Oh, yeah. That, he has He has been in the league since 2014. They messed up his back in that MVP season, and he's never been the same. And we're still holding on hope for, for Derek Carr, but them Carr brothers, man, they never had offensive lines. Derek Carr. His, his, his brother was better. David Carr was better, bro. He, on the Texans, that dude can make some throws. I'm God, David Carr. <laughs> David I, Carr never. David Carr never had a winning record. Dude, he he couldn't. He had arguably the worst offensive line I've ever seen play played for that for the Houston Texans. The best record. That, he, the best record he ever had was 2004. He went seven and nine. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, that's not too bad. The Oh, man. There was not one NFL prospect on that offensive line that first year. Like, uh, they, were in, they were in the NFL, but that Houston Texans team was. Yeah, it's well, just. We're going to go look it up. And there's a dude who had, like, 15-year career, might be in the Hall of Fame. And I'm just so he owns – David Carr owns the first and third most sacks being in, in a single season. 2002 and 2005, and is the 50th most set QB of all time, despite only starting five years in the NFL. In comparison, in those five years, he was set 267 times. In comparison, Peyton Manning has been set 270 times in 15 years. (laughs) Hey, big, big shout out to uh, left tackle Chester Pitts, left guard Domingo Graham, center Steve McKinley. Right guard Fred Weary and right tackle Ryan Young. Bums, a lot of them, bro. There's not one NFL pro on that list. The oldest one of them, 29 years old. 29. Interesting. Damn. That, that team, that Houston Texas team was so bad. Shout out, shout out the unlikely trio of Matt Schwab, Andre Johnson, and Arian Foster. Yeah. They used to dice people up, bro. They would put up hella points. Yeah, in two thousand in two thousand four, uh, Derek Carr got Andre Johnson. How many how many more sacks does Derek Carr have than touchdown passes? Derek or David? Sorry, David. Damn, TJ Watt, Elijah Mitchell, and Dak Prescott all out, bro. There was, a, there was some losses week one. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the losses on week one. So Let's he threw see, uh... 65 tutties. <laughs> and he got sacked 267 times. 202 more sacks than touchdowns. Dude, that's a 5-to-1 ratio. Uh, it's a little for, less. It's a for little every less. touchdown pass he threw, he was sacked five times. <laughs> Jeez, that's just not good. Oh, oh, we brought it. We brought it to you here first. Hard-hitting reporting. Are you kidding me with that? That's almost disrespectful, dude. So, just to put it into perspective, Carson Wentz has also had about the same amount of time. He's got 144 touchdowns, 
212 sacks. That's not the same at all. I'm, I'm just saying, like, a player that's been in the league the same amount of time. That's just to show you how bad that offensive line is. <laughs> yeah, it has to be the worst in history. And Carson Wentz gets sacked a lot. So, like, he I was getting, he was getting whooped. Sack. He was getting whooped in week one. He was getting the ball out, but he was getting whooped. Oh, we have a live guest, dude. A live someone, guest? Someone dropped a comment. Yo, what up, Jaybird? <laughs> Jaybird. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so that wraps up Communion with E, and we're going to get into pop culture pick em. Eric, do you have the order? I think I have it. No, I do. Sure. It's Nick, me, and then you. All right. So it's top five fruits, and we're top talking five about fruits. of the eating variety. And we'll go ahead and <laughs> kick it off with you, Nick. Uh, I'm going to start with strawberries. Oh, choice. I mean, it's coming <laughs> off the board in the top three. Yeah. Ain't, ain't no yeah, yeah it's like, no. Strawberry's not strawberry's not making it past the first time. You, you know what would be shocking is if we went 15 fruits and didn't select strawberry. Yeah. There's no world true. in which that could happen. There's no world. Not a no. single world. Not <laughs> Haram- Harambe died in this multiverse. Trust me. It could happen. All right, Eric, what's your next uh, pick? My first pick, uh, you know, just because I, you know, you gotta take care of the significant other. I'm gonna go pineapple. <laughs> What does that have to? Oh, I yeah, yeah, Eric. What does that have to do with it? It's just, just like, a sweet. Dumb. It's a sweet fruit. You know what I mean? You know it's what you can do? Sweet. Sour, sour skittles, bro. Same thing. Asparagus, <laughs> same asparagus thing, too. I could be unhealthy and still have the same benefit. <laughs> yeah, if she likes sour skittles, dog. <laughs> hey, bro. Or or he? I don't know how you swing, Eric. Hey, that's right. All right, We're my next podcast. We love so, everybody on this podcast. All right, so for my pick, now that you guys are talking about uh, people on podcasts I don't care about, uh, I'm going to go with plums and peaches. Okay. Back-to-back, plums, peaches, give me the peas. I'm all about it, bro. Peas and D's, peas and D's, peas and peas. It's alliteration at its finest. Peas and C's. They don't call me MCJC for no reason. Who's called you? <laughs> Ain't nobody in your life called you that. <laughs> All right, Eric, give us your next pick. Yeah, the problem with this is I'm not a very healthy person. I'm already running out of fruits here. All right, let's go with mangoes. Mangoes is a great choice. I don't think I would have thought of that. I love mangoes. Mangoes is a solid choice. I'm going to take two more solid choices off the boards. I'm going to get apes and bananas. <laughs> Who says it like that? <laughs> I remember the song. Did you guys ever have music class? They would bring in the music book. Yes. We were all sitting at the same desk and they would just play CDs and they would tell you it's music class. Yeah. And we'd, you'd all sing in unison. Right. Did you ever do that? I love the 90s education system. <laughs> Yo, apples and bananas. I would always pick that song. Dude, apes and bananas. <laughs> I. <laughs> like to eat. Oh man, that song pops me, dude. <laughs> All right, Eric, we got grapes. What grapes? Why'd you put grapes? <laughs> I think a- was- a- 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 apples. Oh, dude, I thought he was talking pig Latin for a second. I was like, All right, this is what he's doing. A- apples and bananas, bro. He was saying the song. I don't know what song you're talking about. This whole book thing, table thing. I had no idea that. Ha- I went to a Christian school, bro. It was god awful. Uh, but with my next pick. <laughs> there's a pun. There's a pun in there. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take uh, grapes since uh, Nick didn't steal it from me. Specifically frozen grapes. Shout out what? Whitest Kids You Know. One of the greatest sketches of all times. Frozen grapes? You remember frozen grapes, my guy? Wait, frozen no. grapes? No, that sounds terrible. That's Put them in the psych- freezer. It's a psychopathic tendency, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you also kill? Yeah. <laughs> Where are the bodies, Eric? I don't understand the frozen grape slander, but all right. <laughs> all right, so I'm up. And to be honest, hmm, I'll go watermelon here. Good choice. Good get, choice. Got to get the watermelon off the board. Now, with seeds or seedless? If they have seeds, you can spit them at people, so it's always way more fun. Who's... What is going on here? We got people in the comments saying frozen grapes with sugar. Get out of here. Frozen grapes with sugar? Those people know what's up. Fruit is supposed to be healthy, you ignoramuses. That's what is that's not true. What do you mean that's not true, Eric? They literally have natural sugars. That's yes, bro. It's still not sweet enough. What what Wilford Brimley? It doesn't have enough diabetes for you? More diabetes, bro. More diabetes. I know you're rocking the Wilford Brimley mustache. No wonder. Hey, man. Who is, who is saying this sugar with grapes in the comments? It's Jason, bro. He's wilding out there. Well, I have no clue what's happening. Hey, so uh, I'm going to wrap up my fourth pit. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take oranges. Yeah, fantastic. Damn it. I don't really think... three picks in. How can you be saying damn? No, no. I'm not mad that you took oranges because you wanted it. I'm mad because I don't know any more fruit. <laughs> oh I was like, I was like, please don't pick oranges because I don't even have a fifth fruit to pick. What about cherries? No, no, don't say anything. I'm gonna pick one. I'm gonna pick one. Yeah, let them let them flounder a little bit. That's not a fruit, by the way, Eric. That's a fish. Thank you, because I was gonna go. I was gonna go. I was gonna <laughs> yeah. go that route. Yeah. Um. Papaya. Oranges hit different, bro. Papaya is a fruit. Don't don't at me, bro. <laughs> Eric, we know. Are you scraping the barrel? <laughs> Eric, it makes it seem like you don't know it's a fruit when you shout <laughs> that it's a fruit at us. You guys don't like papaya? Like papaya. Dude, what about, fruit. what about cantaloupe and honeydew? Bro, we still have a whole draft to go, dude. So Bro, I'm you. naming fruits. We only got can't, three left, dude. Can't be giving away the picks, dude. All right, for my, I'm going to wrap up my final two. I'm going to go kiwis Fire. and limes. Mainly the limes because you can put them in every single beer. In beer, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. exactly what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, Jason has an idea for you, Eric. If you don't have any, if you don't have any more fruits, you could take the most popular fruit in the world. You could, yeah. Most popular fruit in the world that hasn't yeah. been said. It has not been said. It no. Has not been said. No, I don't, Eric. I will give you. I will give you. A minute, and I bet you cannot get, guess what this fruit is. Well, he just read it from the chat. So. Uh, I can't see the chat. Where are you seeing it? All I see is he got the second opinion already. Where are you seeing his chat at? <laughs> oh, okay. Jesus Christ. Oh, I see it now. It's in, it's, it's in the comments. Okay. Wow. Excuse me. You don't know how to use StreamYard, so you're getting mad at me. There's a whole anyway. chat. Me and Jaybird have been talking. <laughs> I didn't know that. What up, Jaybird? Appreciate you for listening. And fuck tomatoes. It's not a fruit. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, it's most popular fruit in the world. For those cherry. Cherries. cherries. Okay. So for Eric's non-cultured ass, we still have guavas. 
We have mm-hmm. tangerines, mandarins, clementines. Starfruit. Oh. Dragon fruit. Dragon fruit. We have... Uh, When's the last time you guys cat- ate any of those? Those cactus fruits. You remember those? Uh, those oh, Mexican yeah. Cactus yeah, 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 yeah. I don't ever know what they were called. We always called them something funny at my house, but I never knew the actual name. Uh, Is it I Hickama? I or am I tripping? Oh. I don't know. Persimmons, avocados. Ooh. Dates. Blueberries. Ooh, berries. Blueberries. Red berries. Yeah. Dangleberries. Now that we've named all those fruits, I'm going to go ahead and take what's indigenous to my island, plantains. That's just we, a banana. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Clearly, you don't know since you, since you don't know any of the fruits. Hey, that's a fruit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's too funny. All right, so that wraps up the list, correct? I've already I named, so. all, I named all the other fruits, so we don't have any honorable mentions. Let's go ahead and get the list, Eric. Give them to us. All right, so Nick had the first pick. He went strawberry, apples, bananas, kiwi, lime. I had the second pick. I went pineapples, mangoes, grapes, papayas, and cherries. Jermaine closed us out. Plums, peaches, watermelon, oranges, and plantains. So I've been eating kiwis my whole life. Do you know that I'm allergic to kiwis? I just found this out like a year ago. That's about the (laughs) dumbest thing I ever heard. How did you find out you're allergic? So when I whenever I would eat kiwis, I would get like the weird like like uh, like tingling feeling, like hairy feeling in my mouth, and then like uh, my throat would close up just a little bit. But I loved them so much. Oh, kiwis so, is code name. So yeah. <laughs> so so a year ago, a year ago I was eating kiwis. I was like, Yo, does anybody does anybody's mouth ever get tingly and numb when you're eating kiwi? My buddy was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, it gets tingly and numb. Then my throat closes up a little bit. It's like a little hard to breathe. And he goes, you're allergic to kiwis. I go, no, I've been eating my whole life. I'm not allergic to them. He goes, yeah, you are. That's literally being allergic to them. Yo, that, don't tell people that. That's really dumb. <laughs> that's, that's next listen, level dumb. Listen, like Mark Morahan once said, listen, Nick, you're not stupid, but you sure are dumb. <laughs> Actually, that's, that might be the best way, the most apropos way to, to sum you up, bro. Yeah. I think I'm all right with that. All right, Eric, give us the list. Well, you already gave us the list. Yeah, I just gave you the list. I know. Why did I ask you again? Go, pay attention. You're the EP. <laughs> why, did I, why did I ask you again? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right, so do we want to do NFL week one first or UCL? Let's, let's kick it over to the EP. What do you want to do first, EP, Eric? Uh, let's just move into UCL real quick and knock that out. Knock it out. How do we know it's going to be real quick? Well, because I haven't pulled up. Telling them, I've been telling them all day, dude. He's <laughs> like, no, no, we'll just do it real quick. I'm like, yo, you know how many times we've said that? All right, <laughs> all Eric, all us, can you run us through what happened in match day one in the UCL? Yeah, uh, the, kind of big, the kind of big highlights. Let me get it pulled up here. I have the bets pulled up. I didn't have the scores. All right, let's go. Before we get into it, I fuck the Broncos, man. I have money on them, and they're out here choking it away. So that's that's all I have to say about that. Go ahead, Nick. Or go ahead, Eric. Give us give us the juice. 
All right. So, to uh, Champions League kicked off on Tuesday the sixth of this month, September. Um, so the first game we had was uh, Dortmund beating Copenhagen three zero. Unfortunately, Dynamo Zagreb beat Chelsea one zero. God awful fucking game. Benfica beat uh, the Israeli team two zero. <laughs> Still can't <laughs> say that name. Uh, Real Madrid. Yeah, Maccabi Haifa. I, I'm going to yeah, play you. Just said time. it. All right. Real Madrid beat Celtic 3-0. AC Milan tied with Salzburg 1-1. Uh, PSG beat Juventus 2-1. Shakhtar Don- Donetsk beat Leipzig 4-1. And Manchester City beat the shit out of Sevilla 4-0, as everybody expected. And then moving into the second day of games, um, Ajax beat the Rangers 4-0. Sporting beat Frankfurt 3-0. Atletico beat FC Porto 2-1. Barca laid the smackdown on Victoria Pleasant 5-1. Club Bruges beat Leverkusen 1-0. Bayern beat Inter 2-0. Napoli beat Liverpool 4-1. And Tottenham beat Marseille 2-0. Wait, Napoli beat Liverpool 4-1? Should have been 5-1. They missed the penalty. They missed it. They missed the penalty of all. They missed, well, I mean, Allison blocked it, so it should have been 4-1 because he, he blocked the penalty. But it was an embarrassment of a game. For they, Liverpool, they dumped in goals on Liverpool. Wow. Now will it? Now will it continue? Who's to say? Here's my here's my biggest three games of match day two. All right, so Liverpool or Ajax travels to play Liverpool. Liverpool in their last three home matches is two wins and one tie, and Ajax in their last three away matches is three and zero. Oh. Liverpool, uh, they do play in the uh, Dutch, however you say the Dutch Premier League, the Eredivisie. Yeah, Eredivisie. Yeah, E D E R V I S E. Uh, Liverpool, their last Champions League match. Eric just said they lost to Napoli four one. Ajax beat the Rangers four zero. They last played in the 2020-2021 group stage. Liverpool won both matches 1-0. Some of the odds for Eric, can you give me the odds for this game? Uh Liverpool is minus 175, Ajax is plus 400 and the draw is plus 380. This so if you can find it at your betting site. There's a bet on soccer matches called draw no bet. And the draw no bet means that if you are picking Ajax to win and Ajax draws, you get your money back. That seems like the best bet to this. When I looked it up earlier on Bovada, it might have changed Eric because Eric uses DraftKings. When I looked it up earlier on Bovada, the draw no bet for Ajax was plus 300. Do we really trust Liverpool? No, absolutely not. It's a great bet. Not and, we, and we trust – if you trust Ajax to win this game – and you don't trust them to draw. I if when when Ajax is at home, I'm putting a lot of money on Ajax to beat Liverpool. They're away this match. I think the draw no bet is the best thing to look at for this match. So if you like to win, and for sure, if this game screams a draw to me, and I hate betting draws, but <laughs> if, if you want to bet something, it's definitely not on the Liverpool side, it's on the Ajax side, but Liverpool has this tendency to get down 
and then do just enough to make it a game and then not win it. Just, <laughs> so. just do enough to draw. That's right. So, my, go ahead. I was going to say my second game of the match day is an old-fashioned rivalry in the UCL, Bayern against Barcelona. FC Bayern, FC Barcelona. These teams have met nine times since 2009 or 2008, 2009. Bayern is currently on a five-match UCL winning streak. The last five meetings uh, – oh, sorry. They're not on a five-match winning streak. I apologize. The last five meetings, last year in the group stage, Bayern won both games 3-0. 2019-2020 quarterfinals, Byron won 8-2. 14-15 in the semifinals, Barca won 5-3 on aggregate. That's the famous Messi dicing up Jerome Boateng uh, clip that Byron has taken personally ever since. 2012-2013 in the semifinal, Byron won 7-0 on aggregate. And 2008-2009 in the quarterfinal, Barcelona won 5-1 on aggregate. aggregate. Uh but Bayern has never lost a home UCL game to Barcelona in its history. Uh, wow. Their last, their last three home matches, though, for Bayern, only one win and two ties. Their last UCL match, like Eric mentioned earlier, they beat Inter Milan 2-0. Barca's last away matches, two wins and one tie. They they beat Victoria Plaza in 5-1. Eric, can you give me the odds for this game? We'll put up here. All right, so Bayern minus 115, Barcelona plus 255, and the draw is plus 340. Give me what, what is it? What's the Bayern one again? Uh, Bayern's minus 115. Uh, again, there's a thing that you can do, and you can play Barcelona on the draw, no bet. I think the play for this one is to play the Bayern on a draw, no bet, you're probably not going to get a lot of money for it because normally draw, no bet increases the odds. Um, Bayern has not had the form recently that makes me ready to bet them. And, and at the end of this, I'll give you my UCL favorite parlays. I'm not including them in a UCL favorites parlay because I don't trust Bayern. What was the draw, Eric? Plus 340. Plus 340 on the draw sounds like a good bet to me. And what was Barcelona's odds, Eric? Plus 255. Okay. So I want the record to show that I have Barcelona plus 255. Lock it in. I'm putting it on my locks. Barcelona wins this matchup and is forever stricken of the Bayern Munich curse. They beat him in Bayern. They beat him handily. If you could get Barcelona p- minus one and a half, I would take that too all day. But that's not my lock. Just Barca winning. I looked it up. I looked it up. And if you want a fun little revenge bet, Lewandowski to score a hat trick is plus 2,900. Oh, that's outstanding. <laughs> I love the story there, bro. The Broncos are trash, dude. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just letting you know right now. So in my, the red my zone. Broncos are trash in the red zone. Some things Broncos never change, trash, even bro. even with Russell Wilson. My third game of the UCL match day two 
Uh, Sporting against Tottenham. These two have never played a UCL match. In their last three home matches, though, Sporting has two wins and one loss. But in those two wins, they have scored three-plus goals and allowed zero. The last match, they beat Frankfurt 3-0. to zero. Tottenham, in their last uh, three away matches, one win, two draws. And like Eric said in the last match, beat Marseille 2-0. to zero. Eric, can you give me the odds for this Sporting Tottenham? Uh, sporting uh, is plus 260. Tottenham's plus 105. And the draw is plus 265. Doesn't this feel like a like a sporting win? They're the dog, though? They are the dog. You said plus 260, right? Correct. Oof. I when you get over 250, I'm willing to ride just about any dog. You can convince me real quick. So if we're riding Sporting Dog, I am in. Let's ride, bro. Uh, sporting Country, let's ride. Let's ride because the Broncos ain't riding nothing, fucking bums. No, they're riding something, that's for sure. Uh, so I talked about a UCL favorites parlay. Uh, keep in mind with these teams, uh, it's going to be a seven-way parlay. $10 pays you 92 which means $100 pays you 920 I got Inter, Porto, AC Milan, PSG, Man City, Napoli, and Real Madrid all on the favorites money line. The lowest odds that I found was Napoli. When I looked it up earlier, it was 120 it might be what is it right now, Eric? Uh, trying to pull it up. Where did it go? <laughs> so basically, ten dollars is going to pay you around ninety based on these adjusted odds. All these we had great success last year picking favorites uh, for the UCL. So this is just another. I'll go over it again. Inter Milan, FC Porto, AC Milan, PSG, Man City, Napoli, and Real Madrid. Uh, all on the favorite money line, $10 pays 92. What other thoughts do you gentlemen have before we move on? Hammer Barca. That's all I got to say. They're winning this game. I mean, the only thing I would say is Man City should be free money. doesn't matter how much you put on it. I know it doesn't pay out. It's not that big. Um, What's Man City minus one and a half? Minus one and a half. All right, hold on. They're so money line. They're minus five twenty five. But Man City to win by two is what I'm asking. Essentially. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, it's just this website. Spread Man City. Give me one second here, fellas. I almost got it pulled up. Uh, to win by two, minus two oh five. What? Gosh, yeah. Damn. What about minus three? Or sorry, minus two and a half. Plus 120. That's when it goes into the plus. Ooh, no, that's an outrageous bet. Ain't nobody betting that. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> Who are they playing? Man Who's City playing? playing Dorman. Oh, they could easily do that, though. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> like, disrespectful to Dortmund, but yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Dorman hasn't been good this year. Who they? Dorman just lost to somebody, and we laughed about it. Dorman beat. Copenhagen in the UCL. I'm not sure of what. No, no, and they lost in in the Bundesliga. Yeah, and it was handily. It was pretty handily. I remember just laughing about it. All right, so did we wrap up the betting portion of UCL? Because I've got something soccer related I want to bring up here. Correct. Okay. 
So I was sitting around. I don't forgot who I was talking to. It may have been Eric, but we were talking about biggest blowouts in soccer history. So I have a list of seven here. Article was written in 2013. I looked for some more recent ones. Uh, they didn't have they didn't have the uh, they didn't they didn't have a very good list either. I can find like top five, so we'll just go with this list from 2013. I can guarantee you, number one hasn't been topped. But would you like to guess the lowest biggest blowout on this list? Lowest biggest blowout. Does this is this any sort of competition or is this actual any sort of competition? So this one is um, for in the FA Cup. Biggest margin of victory in the FA Cup. So, okay, what's well FA Cup? So it's English teams, but for the overall list, is it um, is there like South American countries or South American club teams down yes, there, or is it yes, yes? There's okay, inter- there's international teams. There's Asian Football Confederation. There's a team called the Dundee Harp. Right, I'd so say there, I'd- there's Scotland. Uh, you have. Um, Aberdeen, so another Scottish one, and then you, and then the the very last one is, um, <laughs> the Stadia Olympic Emirin. So wasn't there some game where like a third tier English squad played like Liverpool and Liverpool won like fifteen to zero or something? Is that what you're yeah. talking? Is this the FA Cup one? No, it's not. You have to go higher than that. I for the for the seventh biggest in 2013. It could be different now. I doubt it, but it's bigger than 15 nil. Oh, at 22 nil. Eric. 26, 27, 26. Okay, so coming in at number seven, we have Preston North End, 26. Hyde United zero. Wait, wait, wait. What year was this? Eighteen eighty-seven. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. The yeah. fuck. All right. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. The Preston before Tom Finney turned out. All right. Yeah. So uh, Preston went on to to the final, but lost to West Brom Albion two-one. All right. Twenty-six zero is outrageous, right? So this very next one is obviously higher. So we have a Villarreal Via Real versus Nevada. Villarreal? Yeah. 47 to 2. 33. 33. No, both of you are too high. So it's 27 0. 27 0, Villarreal over Nevada, 2009. We have a 1971 matchup between Tahiti and Cook Islands. <laughs> Did Cook Islands football 31. team? Did Cook yeah. Island's football team immediately fold after this? <laughs> uh, so you said 31, Eric? What do you, yeah. you got, Nick? Yeah, I'll say 30. Number five, to be 30, Cook Island's zero. Wow. If I was to say that between the two of you, you would get two of the three so far, <laughs> I would have bet against this. Heavy, bro. I would like, betting favorite? Give me that. There's no way they're getting this. All right, so. The next one is Australia versus American Samoa in 2001. Oh, poor American Samoa. Um, 30, 35. 35. All right, Nick's got 35. And you, Eric? 41. Nope, Australia 31, American Samoa 0. 
Let's back to back. If you would have just said one more than the previous, you would have been able to get it. Bro, that's horseshit, bro. All right, coming in number three, we have the Dundee Harp out of Scotland playing Aberdeen Rovers, 1885. <laughs> it has to be like 45-0 or something. All right, Nick's 30. got 45. What do you got, Eric? 38. 38. It's Dundee Hart beat the Aberdeen Rovers 35-0. Jesus. How, like, how do you keep playing at that point? I, that's what I thought. I was, like, seeing some of these scores. Wait till we get to number one, though. It has to be, like, a riot. It has to be, like, they made you mad. They wrote the riot act in the first one. I will tell you that. So, we have Arbreath. Versus Bon Accord, 1885. Uh, 41. Nick's got 41. Eric, what do you got? 38, 39. Dude, I told you the one-up trick. 36-0. Our breath beat Bon Accord. All right. So this is the one I wanted to get to because I was – this is number was, one, right? This is number one. I was okay. floored to have seen this. And it occurred in 2002. Right. <laughs> okay. So, A.S. Adema went on to face Stade Olympique Lamrin. All right? So, when you think Madagascar, you may be thinking of DreamWorks' popular animated movie in 2005. The tiny country is no stranger to most of the soccer world thanks to this absurd blowout victory. As reported by ESPN Soccernet, the losing side, Stade Olympique Lamoureux, staged a protest that few could ignore. And that led to this. You guys want to take a guess? 73. 73. And Eric, what do you got? You said it's outlandish? Well, like, I mean, it, yeah, 73 is outlandish. Yeah. Nah, 73. 73 I can live with. I'm going to one up Nick here. 150. 149 to zero scoreline. Get the fuck out of here. A few members of the team and coach were eventually punished for the club, club's actions. There used to be a YouTube video, but we're not sure where that went. It may be a bit weird considering AS Adema had little to do in the match, but the result is what counts. And here you have the biggest blowout by far in soccer history. Do you think you would like, – I, like... How many tries would it take you to do that on FIFA? I, I don't think you could. Could you do that on FIFA? Uh, you would have to set the time to play an actual 90-minute soccer game. You'd have to have Brazil's national team versus Puerto Rico's national team. Like, You'd have to put it on the easiest setting. <laughs> but I mean, I think you could get there, but you got to do a lot of nursing. And yeah. to get 149 to zero. Holy cow. <laughs> well, there, I, I got that, I mean, AC Adema's goal differential is in the toilet now. <laughs> and no, AS Adema won. Oh, they won. Okay. So, so, so Stadium Olympica Le Mans or whatever you said. Yeah. They, oh man, I have the article here, bro. Oh, 149 own goal farce. Oh, that's because oh, they staged a protest. <laughs> that's great. It was 150 own goals? 49. 
special. 149. It's an official score, Eric. No, I know, but like the rest of them actually got their asses whooped. These guys <laughs> just threw a tantrum and fucking scored 149 goals on themselves. Yeah, but three of these were in the 1800. <laughs> like... So I get I so I, I get numbers, right, in terms of goal differential. But the Germany 7-0 World Cup one is on that list, right? As go, most impressive, yeah. To go into Brazil and beat them 7-0. Yeah, it's not the biggest blowout, though. That's a huge blowout in the World Cup. Yeah, it's it's still I, seven goals. I, I don't think – obviously, it doesn't rank as far as, like, the biggest blowouts in terms of score, but I think if you wave – what was on the line, where it was, yeah. who was involved. It probably is one of the biggest Most shocking impressive. Yeah, blowouts of a soccer game just because, I mean, did, was Brazil just – was that – everybody was just picking Brazil to win it. They're at home. They're born with a soccer ball at their feet. They it got Neymar. In, that's the crazy part. It was in Brazil. So that's what makes it the most impressive. Like, Brazil was the home team in the World Cup, had a squad that was supposed to win it all, and they said, eh. <laughs> They said, maybe in the next four years. And, and you know what's crazy? You know that that game was significant because for the first time, I think in all the years that I've watched soccer, we saw Brazilian fans cheering on Argentina in the final. <laughs> yeah, and still lost. I mean, yeah, they lost, but I'm just saying, like, you know that that team's angry and upset when, you know, they're cheering for probably their biggest rival in their region, area, whatever you wish to call it. Yeah, their yeah, their biggest rival, I would guess, right? Yeah, Argentina I mean, I, has to be Brazil's biggest rival. That's one A, one B in in the in South American soccer, in my opinion. Right. International soccer, at least, yeah. Inter- yeah, international soccer, sorry. These Broncos, bro. <laughs> All right, so let's get into NFL Week 1 review. I've got one burning question, and then we can let Eric take it away before we get into that. It's, it's, it is football-related, so. All right. How many teams do you think f- – how many playoff teams from last year do you think finished this week with a victory? No, come on. Give me a number. Two. Four. Five. It's been oh, five total. Isn't that, like half, isn't that like half the playoff teams? No. There's nine who did who lost. AFC, it was Kansas City, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh. NFC, it was just Tampa Bay and Philadelphia. Now. Which 21-22 playoff team is in the biggest danger of missing expectations? Cincinnati Bengals, four turnovers on their first five drives, five total, one football, four interceptions, seven six on seven sacks on 60 dropbacks, 0-5 last season with turning the ball over more than twice. Las Vegas Raiders, 24-19 to the Chargers, 7-2 in one-score games last year, 0-1 so far, five sacks on 42 dropbacks, three interceptions thrown not under duress. And Chandler and Mad Max Crosby, who we thought would be a fire duo this year, right? Registered and the rest of the defense registered zero sacks on 34 dropbacks. Only Tom Brady was contacted less in week one than Justin Herbert. Patriots lost to Miami 27, seven points and four fumbles. 
<laughs> That's the stat line the offense put up. Mac Jones, back spasms, and defense only gave up 13 points. There was a defensive score for Miami. Tennessee Titans lost the Giants 21-20. This one is absurd. In the last two years, Mike Rabel's 13-4 and in games decided by seven or fewer. 9% of Tannehill's passes were dropped. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, my goodness. In the playoff loss, Joe Burrow was sacked nine times, tied for most in postseason history with zero touchdowns and one interceptions. So it looks like when you get pressure to him, he's not good. Uh, is Derek Hen- and then is Derrick Henry a step slow? I mean, he's still a great running back because he's still Derrick Henry, but is he a step slow? So the Arizona Cardinals lost to Kansas City 44-22. They got doubled up on score. Like 22 times two. That's insane. They trailed by 30 entering the fourth quarter. It was 37-7. Six of their last seven games, including playoffs, have been losses. Uh, Chiefs had more passing first downs than Cardinals had first downs for the game. And the Cardinals had one extra drive. Cardinals had zero turnovers, yet we're still down 37-7. to uh, Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers' first interception versus NFC opponent since, like, 2018. Uh, one and three in the red zone, three, three for 11 on third downs. 49ers lost to Chicago 19-10. Lance, Lance, uh, has, Trey Lance has only thrown 400 meaningful passes since, grad, since he graduated high school. Expected points added was negative 0.18 per play for the San Francisco 49ers. And Lance's completion percentage over expectation was negative 21.1%. There was only one there. The next closest quarterback was Justin Fields at negative (laughs) 16.8. Dallas Cowboys. Oh, and on the final three drives, the 49ers went 0-3 on fourth down. Uh, Dallas Cowboys lost to Tampa Bay. Dak Prescott out 6-8. and eight. Dallas scored on the first possession, never scored again. And second fewest points in an opener in Cowboys history. Last, uh, The only one who's less was 1988, lost to New Orleans 28-0. Had to include that, obviously. Whoop, whoop. And then last, we have the Los Angeles Rams, lost to Buffalo 31-10. First time in six seasons that Sean McVay has a losing record. Seven sacks allowed were the most in McVay's Rams tenure. Buffalo didn't blitz once. <laughs> 89 consecutive halves with a score streak ended after being blanked in the second half. Uh, and then they're the second defending champs to lose opener the following season in the last 10 years. This is the second largest margin of defeat for a Super Bowl winner to open the season, the first largest was Baltimore lost by 22 to Denver in 2015. I believe Denver went out to win the Super Bowl that year, correct? 2015, correct. Oh, 2015 was when Denver won? Mm-hmm. Uh, so 2013, maybe they didn't even make the Super Bowl. And then Akers and Robinson, key contributors, were not existing. All right, so which one do you think is the most in danger? Uh, I'm going to rule out the Niners because we've seen this before with the early season Niners struggles. They're the reverse Cardinals. (laughs) Uh, 
the Rams are not who he thought they were. Right? That was one of my takes of the week. Uh, the Bills are who we thought they were. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, we, you got to be happy that. All right, you, you got to be upset if you're a Bengals fan and you have five turnovers from Joe Burrow. I, I think Joe Burrow is going to hang around in that division, though. You said drop the Cowboys because unless they get Jimmy G, the next six to eight weeks are going to suck as a Cowboys fan. Yeah, exactly. So you can kind of – like they're the obvious choice. But of the other ones, you know, Bengals, Raiders, Patriots, Titans, Cardinals, Packers. I would um, say Cardinals probably. 49ers we, we, and Rams. So you're saying Cardinals? We, we talked about it enough that the Cardinals just barely squeaked in last year. I don't think they have the talent to just barely squeak in this year. So I actually have – wait, did the Patriots make the playoffs last year? These are all playoff teams. I'm asking you which of these playoff teams from last year is the most in danger. The Patriots made it last year, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, honestly, man, just because they have the Dolphins and the Bills in that division, um, they're missing that offensive coordinator. Their quarterback just – you know, he's got a back injury now. That offensive line is trash. They got the most money invested in receivers, and I bet you can't name one on the team besides – uh, yeah, I can't name one on the team. I don't know. I just I, – I think the Patriots have – I think the Patriots have the, the the worst outlook this year. Isn't the Q Harry still on that team? He's on the Bears. Jacoby uh, Meyer, go pack. Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar. Okay, well, we can name some of them, but I'm saying I don't – I just – I don't – Yeah, I we just, get your we get your point. I didn't yeah. exactly name good wide receivers. Yeah, like, all right. That or the Titans because Tannehill is not it. That Titans team is something else, man. I don't know what to tell you. And if Derrick Henry has lost his step, bye-bye. Bye-bye playoffs. So here's what I was thinking. When I was thinking about Derrick Henry losing a step, I was I watched him play. The dude could still get 100 yards and a touchdown, but it's not, it's not the way we're used to it. Like, he had 80 yards in this game, like rushing, like, that's perfectly good for a running back. It's right. just not Derrick Henry. It's not – we're going to hand him the ball 26 times. He's going to have almost 200 yards, and we're going to go home. He got knocked on his ass a little bit too. I heard about that. I don't think I saw that play. And then I saw that Dontrell Hilliard, the pass catching back for Tannehill, was dusting mofos out there. So Watch out. Okay, those, those are my questions. We can go ahead and get into the uh, to the week one. What else you guys got? I'll, I'll give you my thoughts. I already said the Bills are who they thought they are, are who we thought they were. The Rams are not who we thought they were. Uh, to bring back a, a turn of phrase, uh, the St. Joe Daddy's Vikings team. Uh, how happy! Shout out Vikings fans for getting rid of Mike Zimmer. That was pretty fun to watch this air raid Vikings offense. Uh, I, I mean, Justin Jefferson should have been number one in every fantasy draft ever. Uh, nobody wins in the AFC South. Uh, nope. Two, two losses and uh, two ties when uh, teams play each other. I said at the beginning of the show, the Panthers suck again. Like, fire fire rule. Take Matt Rule in Nebraska. It's it's just typical Panthers. Uh, and, and all aboard the uh, Jameis Winston MVP hype train. 
Let's go! I'm the conductor, baby. Let's go. For for some of the week's highlights, uh, holy turnovers. So Thursday Night Football started us off with seven turnovers. That added the total. We added 44 more on Sunday for a total of 51 turnovers in the week. Jesus, 51. Now, do you have any context? Is that- I tried to I tried to look it up earlier. Eric, if I'm going when I'm going over my next point, can you try to find what the largest amount of turnovers in a single week was in the NFL? I wasn't able to find it today. So my last uh, point that there's I been there's been three more today. So you can go ahead and add that. So there we go. So 54 now is what we're looking at. Uh I also said, holy, holy fourth quarter comebacks, Batman. And- I was I was bored a little bit the early games, and then each one of them got red hot. Not good, right? The early games. Some of these teams didn't win, but they sure fought back in the fourth quarter. The Saints, 17 points in the fourth quarter. Bears, 12 points in the fourth quarter. Lions, 14 points in the fourth quarter. Jags Commanders game combined 24 points in the fourth quarter. Carolina Panthers, 17 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, 17 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, the, the, the early games were looking a bit out of hand. And then <laughs> yeah. they slowly, slowly worked worked their way back. It was it was looking like a turnover-filled under morning if you were if you were betting the under. And it, then it came back to, to pretty respectable scores, like the NFL tends to do. We did go 0-1 last week in my, in my uh, Knicks betting nuggets. We picked the Rams East Coast team traveling to West Coast. In pro- uh, uh, yes, sorry. Buff, Buffalo traveling to the Rams, traveling to Los Angeles in prime time. Uh, they both they lost uh, the spread and straight up. Hey, <laughs> uh, good thing that was also Nick's head to head, and it looks like the Broncos are going to choke my head to head. So it, Eric's it, the only one with the win. It was not my head to head. My head to head was Panthers minus two and a half. Was it really? It was. Why did I think you had Rams plus money? Nope, because I told you to bet it. Yeah, thank God I didn't follow that. I can't seem to find that, Nick. Yeah, I, I couldn't find it either. Don't worry about it. Eric, what do you have from week one? Uh, so I just had a few takeaways. I'm going to start with my team just because, you know, I have to. But I think uh, Harry Roseman looks like a genius. A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts have a great connection. Uh, another take is uh, that man, Saquon, um, is a fucking animal. And I think if he can stay healthy, the Giants are going to they're gonna surprise some people this year just based off the fact that they can eat the clock and run the ball with him. Um uh, the Chargers, we're on a collision course for the Chargers and Bills in the AFC Championship. They just they just look like the two best teams. Um, Justin Jefferson and Devontae have put themselves in a class above everybody else. I think that's 1A, 1B for best receiver in football. Um, the Bengals did not fix their O-line, which is going to cost them. And the AFC North is up for grabs. I think anybody who put money on Pittsburgh um, to win that division is feeling pretty good considering – the Ravens didn't look too hot. They didn't click very well. They didn't mesh very well. Joe Burrows was getting hammered, and the Browns. Did you say, did you say the Ravens didn't click well? Yeah, I they, thought I heard that too. They no, won they just, twenty-four to nine. 
I understand that, but it, it wasn't like it didn't. I don't know. Maybe just from watching it, didn't seem like he, like Lamar wasn't hitting his people. He wasn't going through his progressions. Like well, I don't know. I just he doesn't hit his people. He's a running back. <laughs> I understand that, but I think that division's open. And if you bet money on Pittsburgh, you can feel confident because I mean I know they lost T.J. Watt, but looks like he might be back in six weeks. But still, even without him, that defense is amazing. So I mean, those are just my takes, but. I, w- I do want to retract everything I've ever said negative about Howie Roseman. Right, damn, let me, those... let me well, let me get this from you guys. Give me your biggest overreaction from week one and your biggest lock from week one. You can it can be playoffs. It can be uh, the Packers are dead. What's your biggest uh, overreaction? and underreaction from week one. We'll start with you, Jermaine. My biggest overreaction? Um, man, there's some pretty good ones. <laughs> <laughs> My underreaction is... Uh, no, hold on. What do you mean by underreaction? Like, what, like the biggest, like, uh, underwhelming, like the most underwhelming performance of week one. Oh, biggest underwhelming performance of week one. Right, right. And then just give me your biggest overreaction from week one. Does that uh, make sense? Yeah. <laughs> kind of. All right, so I didn't expect Dallas to be that bad. Like When did, when did, when did Dak leave? Dak Prescott left in the fourth third quarter. I'll check again, but I thought I was third. I don't know, but I – they were bad with Dak on the field, so it, it did not matter if Dak was playing or not. Like they looked awful. I knew Tyron Smith was going to hurt that offensive line. They can't run the football. They can't throw the football. <laughs> like their defense is going to be on the field all day long. Trayvon Diggs is going to be exposed even further. Dallas very realistically could finish with a bottom five pick and be staring at a lights-out quarterback and have to make that decision. Especially if they bring in Jimmy G. I'm just like, yeah, it's crazy. I I knew Dallas was going to be that good. But to do this? That that was shocking. At least have some pride. You were at home week one, Sunday night football, Tom Brady had the cleanest pocket. He had the least amount of hits from all quarterbacks this this week. Yep. And then uh, biggest biggest overreaction, uh, Kansas City Chiefs are infinitely better without a true number one, cannot be stopped, and will win the Super Bowl. Okay, you heard it here first. Everyone has forgot about 5,050 Patrick Mahomes, and they are crowning Josh Allen, and they are crowning Justin Herbert, and Patrick Mahomes went out there and did arguably the best performance of a quarterback this week, counting Josh Allen, counting Justin Herbert, counting Lamar Jackson's three passing touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes shit on everyone against a team that is talented. I I don't want to see the Chiefs this year. I, I want to see the Chiefs less 
than I want to see the Bills and less than I want to see the Chargers. Okay, you heard it here first. Patrick Mahomes wins MVP and the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Eric, give me your biggest underwhelming performance of the week and your biggest uh, surprise overreaction. Okay, so after week one. Like an overreaction of like of what I'm hearing or what I think is an overreaction based off week one. I don't want your ESPN take. I want the Eric Washington biggest reaction. <laughs> biggest reaction. I'm going to say it. You guys are going to get mad, but I watched it and I believe it. The, Eric, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles will be the number one rushing team in the NFL. We will be absolutely crush everybody on the ground. We will be in the NFC Championship. About damn time. Wow, did he speak positively about the Eagles? I think he did, yeah. Shit, what day is it? About about time you guys gave the ball to your your corral of running backs. Run the damn ball. All three of them scored a touchdown. It's frustrating for fantasy owners, but I love to see it because you never know who you're going to get. And like, Sirianni hurt us all last year. Changed the middle of the season and made the playoffs. And he's just like, hey, that worked. <laughs> I got three dudes. Let me just run them out here. Yeah, he, oh, he's, he's what he's what uh, Kyle Shanahan and the Niners want to be. And, and I'll say this. Ooh, I know we joke about Lamar all the time. And, you know, we say uh, Josh Allen's better than Herbert because of the running aspect. Jalen Hurts had 90 yards rushing, or sorry, 80 yards rushing yesterday. Like, that's like having a fourth running back in the system. Like, at any point, that dude can just take off. Yeah, like, that's we are, we're, your number one rushing. We're going to just destroy people on the ground. And then that A.J. Brown connection, I mean, 10 receptions, 165 yards, whatever. And then my most underwhelming performance, um, man, this is tough. Because I want to crucify the Bengals, but I think that I think the Colts is more embarrassing. How do you have four fumbles as a quarterback? Like you had all offseason to work with your center. And I and I thought the Colts were going to win this division easily because I think the Titans are trash. I think the other teams in this division are trash. And it's just underwhelming to see that happen because like you have all this talent around. You have one of the best running backs in football. You have Michael Pittman, a, a budding star. They're solid on defense. All you got to do is one run the ball. Stop. And then two, if your quarterback can just hold on to it long enough to throw it. Four tur- four fumbles from Matt Ryan. Just ridiculous. Hammer the Colts. Hammer the Colts. I don't think that well, happens. Uh, and I do think the Colts are going to win this division handily. The Colts win this division. Frank Wright outgained the Texans 517 to 299 yards. They held the Texans to 2.8 yards per carry and dominated the line of scrimmage. Matt Ryan blew it. They're fine. Hammer the Colts. Hopefully the division odds are even better now for you to get the Colts. They will win this division. Well, you heard it here first then. My, what, let's what see. My, for? Go put the bed in. <laughs> my, uh, my, my overreaction of week one, Devin Duvernay is what the Ravens wanted Hollywood Brown to become. And he will take over as the true number one wide receiver in Baltimore. Lights out. No no reservations. Devin DuVernay, number one in Baltimore. Uh, most underwhelming performance. 
geez, do I pick the low-hanging fruit and say Baker Mayfield? No, because I didn't think he was going to do that good anyway. Uh, I mean, for me, I mean, I, I will go with Eric's low-hanging fruit. It's got to be Joe Burrow, right? You know, actually, no, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to flip the script. My most underwhelming performance of the week is the Pittsburgh Steelers. You had five turnovers, five turnovers. You kept Joe Burrow on his ass. The man couldn't complete a pass to his own team. And you win by three points? In overtime. In overtime. They had to block it. They had to block an extra point, and they had to hope for a field goal miss. What's going on here? The turn not not few forced five turnovers. You had zero turnovers. Mitch Trubisky. Let, let me tell you this, guys. Mitch Trubisky protected the ball. He had 195 yards and one touchdown, no interceptions. Right? Najee Harris hurt his foot. I don't care. You won the turnover battle five to zero. You should have won that game 45 to 20. It shouldn't have been close. You should have been celebrating like Justin Fields in the rain in Chicago. Another overreaction. Uh, hashtag free Kenny Pickett. <laughs> that's all. That's all I got from week one, though. Okay. So since nobody touched on it, let's go ahead and bash the Falcons. That's a favorite pastime of this podcast. So in the last seven seasons, these are some of the leads that the Falcons have blown. Uh, the infamous third quarter lead of 28-3 to versus the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. The Atlanta was 4-2 and leading the San Diego Chargers. 30 to 20 with six minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. Atlanta was up 17 0 on the Dolphins with 12 remaining in the third quarter. Atlanta was up 39 to 24 with four minutes and 57 seconds remaining versus the Dallas Cowboys and lost. The Falcons were up 26 to 10 with six minutes and 22 seconds remaining versus the Bears. Lost. The Falcons were up 24-7 with 4 minutes and 35 seconds remaining in the third quarter and lost to the Buccaneers. And lastly, Sunday's biggest comeback, the New Orleans Saints trailed the Atlanta Falcons 26-10 with 11 minutes and 35 seconds remaining. Jameis Winston proceeded to get so locked in, he scores 17 points in 11 minutes and leads the Saints to a one-point victory at home versus the Falcons. Now listen to me. Listen, listen, listen to those of you at home. Jameis Winston is 8-2. Sorry, Jameis Winston is 6-2 and two as the starters for the New Orleans Saints since he's taken over for Drew Brees. In that time, Jameis Winston has 17 touchdowns and three interceptions. Hammer the Jameis Winston MVP prop and root for a hell of a fucking season. Go Saints. It's our division to win. And Michael Thomas is back to elite status. I don't agree with that. He's back. 
No. So everyone's trying to crown everyone back. 150. Michael Thomas had 57 yards receiving yesterday. That's enough for two tutties. Yeah, everything. Two yards is enough for two tutties, Eric. <laughs> one, one yard is technically. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm not really to do that. Here's one one betting nugget I will give you. Cowboys were minus two and a half with Dak versus the Bengals. They're now plus. Do you think that's a nine and a half point swing, Dak Prescott? Not after the way Cincinnati played last week. No. That seems crazy to me. So, I mean, it's a risky bet, but I mean, that's it's kind yeah, of like, that's what you're, that's what you're doing. Here's, <laughs> you're here's, here's the best thing, and here's the best thing that I can advise betters who have not bet the NFL. The opening lines of a week, if you love the game, they're going to get worse. And you're, they're going to get worse. They don't go in your favor. Opening lines on Monday are the best lines that you can get, like this. Dallas moved nine and a half points. You can't tell me Dak Prescott has nine and a half points. Hammer it now because it's going to correct because the public is going to bet Dallas at plus seven. Right? 100%. And if they're not and it gets bigger, hammer it. Here's what I'm telling you. The Houston Texans, who we would none of us are going to sit here and argue are better than Dallas Cowboys, even without Dak. We're not sitting here arguing that. Just tied the Atlanta, the Indianapolis Colts. I almost said the Falcons because Matt Ryan. They were eight-point dogs. The Steelers, seven-point dogs, went into Cincinnati. Was it in Cincinnati or in Pittsburgh? Anyone in Cincinnati. It was in Cincy. They went into Cincinnati, plus seven dogs, one outright. The NFL is a parody league. Big lines are your friends. Hammer early, often, and keep chugging. As always, podcast motto is fade us, though. If you do look at, like, all the big lines from last week, like the Bears were a big dog. They won. Yeah, they were. uh... The the Lions were um, plus five and a half. They, They lost by three. The, Falcons were five and a half as well. Yeah, and then uh, uh, who was who was the other big line? Damn it, I'm spacing on it. Let me pull it up here real quick. Oh, the Giants opened up at like four and a half dogs, and they won. Man, dogs were barking this week. We got to get those stats for uh, the next time. We got to get dogs and spreads and overs, unders, and who that and who this and whatever. Yeah, uh, my recommendation to the betters out there, unless you see a nice, big, juicy line like Dallas, Cincinnati, the Rams are minus 10 and a half to open. The Packers are minus 10 to open. Like, I would not bet the NFL until week three. <laughs> I, I am personally not betting the NFL until week three. I don't yeah, trust it. Disclaimer, weeks one through three are the new preseason. Bet at your own risk. Oh, my goodness. The Broncos are blowing it again. Okay, you guys got anything else? I think that wraps up the episode. Nothing for me. All good. All right. If we got nothing else, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Room 303, which is the name I have prominently displayed. We'll see you next time when you come on down and step into the room. We'll be right back.